And welcome back inside the home office and welcome to this week's season finale of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. I'm Craig D'Amico. March has arrived and today one final show has arrived to wrap up season 37 of NEC Women's Basketball and get us ready for the upcoming 2023 NEC Women's Basketball Tournament. Today we'll look at how we got here, how we arrived to this regular season finale. We'll also look ahead to all the upcoming playoff scenarios going into Thursday's final games. And we'll chat with senior forward Sierra D'Angelo from the now back-to-back NEC regular season champion Fairleigh Dickinson Knights. All that and more coming up here on the show. But first, let's get started with where we stand. As mentioned for the third time in history and for the second straight season, the Knights are in control of the kingdom securing the NEC's top seed and the regular season championship. Last week, we outlined how their magic number was three. Any combination of FDU wins and Sacred Heart losses equaling three would give them the regular season crown. And the first step to that was taking care of business on their own home court Thursday night against SFU, 63-39. to Chloe Wilson played 32 minutes and secured a double-double with 17 points and 11 rebounds, while the FDU defense was once again suffocating, holding the red flash to just 31% shooting, two for 13 from behind the arc while forcing 15 turnovers. Meanwhile, Thursday night in Brooklyn, the Sacred Heart Pioneers were going down to the wire against St. Francis Brooklyn. Sacred Heart went up one in the opening minute of the fourth quarter, but the Terriers would go on a 7-2 run, during which the Pioneers missed six straight shots and turned the ball over four times shooting the ball especially down the stretch sacred heart was as frustrated as a taylor swift fan with Ticketmaster. they shot 29 percent for the entire great game completely befuddled their lowest mark in conference play all season future all rookie team member tyra myers of the terriers led the way with 17 points while Alyssa fisher and angina beloso were also in double figure scoring as the terriers held on to win 58 to 55. So with the FDU win and the Sacred Heart loss on Thursday, FDU's magic number was at just one going into Saturday against the St. Francis Brooklyn Terriers. FDU's defense was the star once again. St. Francis Brooklyn shot three for 14 in the first quarter, allowing the Knights to build up an early lead. The team forced 18 turnovers, which led directly to 18 points. And Chloe Wilson had another big day with 20 points and nine rebounds as the Knights officially clinched the regular season title and the number one seed in this year's NEC tournament with a 67-48 to victory. FDU has now set a program record with 21 regular season wins and counting. They've won a second straight regular season title and third all-time. They will be once again the number one seed in this year's tournament. After allowing only 39 and 48 points respectively in their two games this past weekend, the Knights continue to pace the league and stand top 10 in the nation in scoring defense. They're in search of the program's third NEC tournament championship and first since 1992. Remember the last three years, their road has been prematurely stopped in the semifinals. So that's a hurdle that they're looking to overcome this season. They are on a mission. And if they can get to the championship round this year, they would bring the NEC championship game back to the Garden State for the first time since Coach Ange won it as a student athlete, as an LIU Blackbird, back in Trenton in 2001. So once again, congratulations to the Fairly Tickets and Knights. Their magic number now zero. They are once again the NEC's regular season champions.
And now speaking about the back-to-back -back regular season champion, FGU Knights, we welcome in their senior forward, Sierra D'Angelo, with us to the NEC Open Mic. Sierra, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, before you and, and the senior class and Coach Ange got to Hackensack with the Knights, the program only had one regular season title, and that was 30 years ago. Now they have two in a row. So how, how from being on the inside, how have you seen this program kind of build and build over the last few years to the point where it is now, you know, winning regular season titles? Yeah, well, I kind of, I came in the same year as Coach Angelica, so it was good just to see, like, it was a good season for us the first year we came in, but every year as it went on, I feel like we've grown as a program. And I mean, even to this day, we're still breaking records. So, I mean, it's been great to be a part of that. And really just as a family, I feel like I've been here with a lot of the girls for the past two, three years, and we really just became so close and be able to, you know, work hard every day and practice and push each other. It's really made us so close. So it's so great to accomplish these goals. At, like as a family, it's been great. Absolutely. Now, I'm sure, you know, one regular season title is tough, but, you know, coming back, starting from scratch, having everybody, you know, the bullseye on your back, everybody's coming out for you and doing it again, I would assume is even tougher. So what was the secret of, of getting to this point, especially after that second loss to Sacred Heart? They had control of the number one seat at the time, but you guys were able to come back for it. What, what was the key? Yeah, you know, well, even last year, we when you said like we had the regular season champions losing in the playoffs, I feel like that really that hurt us. Like that was the worst feeling. We never want to experience that again. And so we came in this season, preseason, even in the summer, we came and we just worked hard because we had goals and we knew we had to do it to get there and to accomplish them. And that's what we're doing every day. We just push each other. We trust coach everything that she says. And that's what we do. We just get after it every day. And we're not I mean, with the regular season, we're not done yet. Like we're still hungry for more. Absolutely. Now let's let's go back to to your beginning of this journey as a, as a player. Where where was it? When was it? How was it that you fell in love with the game of basketball? Yeah. So for my middle school, basketball didn't start until third grade. But I've told my mom since kindergarten. I think I was like five, six years old, how badly I wanted to play basketball because I was just way taller than everybody else growing up. I really I don't think I've grown since like eighth grade. I've always been this tall. So. I was always the tallest in my class and I was like, I want to play sports. I tried a little bit of everything before basketball started in third grade. I did soccer, swimming. I was a Girl Scout, cheerleader, gymnast. Like I did it all until third grade finally came and I knew basketball was what I wanted to do. And since then, it's just it's taken off. And, and obviously you found a home with Fairleigh Dickinson. What was it about the Knights and this program that kind of attracted you to, to Hackensack? Yeah, you know, my official visit, I really just clicked with the team. Um, I mean, it was a great experience. And when you know, you know, you know, whenever I was on the, the plane ride back home, actually, I was talking to my dad and we were kind of going over the pros and cons and we were weighing out other schools. And I sat when I sat next to him, I was like, dad, like I had, I just had this feeling, you know, you, you know, you just know. And I had that feeling. I was like, this is the school for me. And it was hard. It, you know, it was a tough decision because I am six hours away from home. So that was really one of the only cons. And we were going back and forth between FDU and you know I think the pros outweighed the cons and as soon as I got off the plane I called the coach at the time and I was like FDU is where I want to be it was less than 24 hours after my visit and I knew wow wow mm -hmm. awesome now we've seen your game uh you know over the years and and one thing that's great is how versatile you are you know you could bang it inside with some, some of those bigs but then you could also go to the perimeter and knock down threes so you know what, what what's your preference do you like down low do you like up top where, where would you rather be yeah so if you would have asked me this any other year I would say shooting I, I I've always been like a pretty good shooter so I really just enjoyed being on the outside shooting I was that's where most of my confidence came from but over this past year, we've kind of talked about me and Coach Ange, and 
talked about bringing out my interior game. And so that's what we did. You know, I've been practicing a lot in practice and then in my individuals and just basically inside moves and my post moves. And I feel like even the confidence of my team, you know, I know they have so much confidence in me in practice. Like they really helped me and coach Ange is constantly in my ear telling me, you know, like you're a great player. You could do this, you could do that. And that's really helped me grow the confidence. And so I feel like it wasn't until recently where I really started to post up. So now I don't really have a preference. I, I enjoy both. So it's, it's, it's changed. Definitely. It's it certainly made it tough on defenses, you know, knowing where you're going to be, you could beat them either way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to go back to, to 2021, the semifinals. Um, you know, that for me, I, I've announced a bunch of your games and I always tell this story. That's kind of, you know, where you kind of took off, you know, due to pandemic protocols, FD mm-hmm. only had six or seven players, one assistant coach, um, but you guys battled and you were in there stepping up. The opportunity was there and you kind of took advantage of that opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. So w- when you heard about that situation, what was going your, through your mind in that game? Were you saying to yourself like, okay, I, I have an opportunity here. I have to step up and kind of lead the way. No, yeah, definitely. Whenever we found out that we only had half the team and one coach, you know, we were devastated. And the first thing coach Ann said to us on the zoom call was, do you guys want to play the game? We, we can either forfeit or we could play the game. And we didn't even have to talk to each other. We all automatically said, like, we are playing this game, no matter who we have, how many people we have, like, we are going to go out there and we're going to fight. We didn't come this far to just give up. So, you know, that's exactly what we did. And I knew this was my opportunity because we only had six players at the time. So this is my time to really step up and show what I could do. And even though we came up short, I feel like I was very proud of my performance and my team's performance, just going out there and, you know, giving it our all, even with only having six players at the time. Absolutely. And and the biggest hurdle for FDU over the years has been the semifinal round. That's kind of been the, the one obstacle that's standing in the way. So what, what is the key, you know, as we finish up the regular season and look ahead to the tournament, what's the key for maybe this year to be different? Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like we're all just, we don't want to feel that feeling again. Some of us, it's been three years. Some of us, it's, it's been two. But even people who were here last year, even our freshmen, our new players this year, everybody, we know the experience, like, we just don't want to feel that again. And so really, I feel like we just have to fall back on our, you know, our basics and what we've been taught all season long, what we've been working on is defense. That's always what we go back to is our defense, because offensively, we have so many like threats on the team, so many scoring threats, so many people who could do damage on offense. And I feel like our offense is really fueled by our defense. So as long as we can get it done on the defensive end, that's been our focus all season, then I feel like we're unstoppable. All right, and we're going to get you out here with the final five questions. These are quick hitters. So the first thing that comes to mind, the shot clock's running down. So the first thing that comes to mind, let us have it, all right? Okay. All right, favorite snack or junk food? Ooh. I really don't keep a lot of like junk food in my room or food in general in my dorm. But if there's one thing I'm always stocked up on, it's my chips and salsa. I can't go a night without those. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Favorite song, but favorite song that you think I would know. I'm an old guy. I don't know a lot of the new stuff. So what's a a song that you like that most people like myself would know? Um, Probably a Drake song. I feel like I always go to best I ever had. That's always. I know Drake. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, if I'm on Ox, that's one of my go-tos. Okay. What's a pregame superstition of yours? I wouldn't say I'm really a superstitious person, but I do have these two songs that I always listen to before the game on repeat. Even if it's like a two hour drive to the gym, these two songs on repeat, repeat it's um, bonfire by childish Gambino and black skinhead by Kanye West. Okay. It's it's a lot of success for you. So (laughs) keep up with it. Um, what's the biggest difference besides, you know, here, other people pumping gas for you? What's the difference between Pittsburgh and New Jersey? The biggest difference? 
the driving definitely hands down the driving i feel like they are ruthless out here <laughs> okay and finally <laughs> if we took a survey of your teammates what's one trait or adjective that you think they would use to describe you um we've kind of done this before at an away game we've like had a paper and just kind of described our favorite thing about each other um a lot of them that came up was leader so i'm gonna go with leader that's a great compliment. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. Hopefully that's what they would say. <laughs> yeah. You take that, take that and run. <laughs> Sierra, thank you so much for joining us. Congratulations to you and the Knights on another regular season championship and best of luck the rest of the way. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll see Sierra and the Knights against Stonehill on Thursday night, and then they'll begin the road to the championship at home the rest of the way. Uh, quarterfinal game against LIU or Central at the Rothman Center on Monday, March the 6th. This has been the NEC Open Mic. Thank you to Sierra and all of our student athletes who have joined us as special guests on the Open Mic this year here on NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. But right now, let's take a look at the standings. The top of the standings are set. And this year's tie-breaking scenarios, well, they're rather simple. FDU, they are the number one seed. Sacred Heart secure at number two. LIU and Central Connecticut State, they will play head-to-head -head in New Britain on the regular season finale Thursday night, and they're high stakes in that one. The winner of that game will be the number seven seed and travel to Sacred Heart for the quarterfinal round on Monday, March the 6th, while the loser of that LIU Central Connecticut game, they will have to sell for the number eight seed, and they will head to New Jersey for a quarterfinal clash with the Knights. Another game with high stakes on Thursday night is Merrimack and St. Francis Brooklyn in Massachusetts. It's winner take all winner of that game, the number three seed, and they will play the number six red flash in the first round of the tournament. Remember St. Francis, their regular season is done. They're the odd team out coming up on Thursday. They wrapped up their regular season. So they're sitting around nine days in between games, their finale on Saturday and their game coming up on Monday, March 6th, again against the winner of the Merrimack-St. Francis-Brooklyn game. The loser of Merrimack-St. Francis-Brooklyn, they will be in the 4-5 matchup against the Wagner College Seahawks. Now, if it's St. Francis-Brooklyn and Wagner in the 4-5, that game would be in Brooklyn. But if it's Merrimack and Wagner, Merrimack would host that game if Wagner loses to Sacred Heart on Thursday. Wagner would play host as the four seed against Merrimack if they beat Sacred Heart on Thursday. So there you have it. The final stop on the road to the 2023 NEC Women's Basketball Tournament is actually pretty simple. The bracket will be finalized with the seedings and pairings after the action is completed coming up on Thursday night. And the quarterfinal round will begin on Monday, March the 6th. And by the way, the Merrimack Warriors, St. Francis, Brooklyn, that game to decide the three and the four seeds, that will be the NEC's wild card TV game this week. Breaking news. That game will be available Thursday night, 7 p.m. on ESPN3. So there you have it. That's it. But it's not really it. There's still many questions left to be answered this season, like who gets the number three seed, St. Francis, Brooklyn, or Merrimack? Can FDU finally get past that semifinal hurdle into the championship round? Can Merrimack make a run in their first ever NEC tournament appearance? And if they do get to the championship, who would they be facing in the championship? Because whoever they face in the championship, they would get the automatic bid as the runner-up if Merrimack ends up cutting down the nets. How about Nysera Pryor? Will Nysera Pryor become just the second player in NEC history to win player of the year as a first year player. And of course, the big question looming over all of this, 
who will be the last team left standing, cutting down the nets on their way to the NCAA tournament. Those answers will be coming over the next two weeks as the road continues into March Madness. Be sure to follow us at NEC Sports and at northeastconference.org for full postseason coverage. And be sure to join us live at the NEC Women's Basketball Championship game on Sunday afternoon, March the 12th, pre- and post-game coverage on the NEC social media channels. We thank you for joining us all season long on the road to the NEC Women's Basketball Championship. Until next time, I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Women's Basketball on the Run.